Welcome to the Shallow Dive on Koheles, the book of Ecclesiastes. Join us as we explore the treasures gathered by King Solomon. I hope you enjoy it. Perches Pasuket Gimel, chapter 8, verse 13. Vitov lo yeh Russia, and goodness, or completeness, will not be for the wicked. Below yarech yomim, without a length of days, longevity, sustainability, katzel, like a shadow. Asher einenu yore milifne Elohim. For that which does not have fear before God. See how Targum explains this pasuk. V'tav lo and good will not be for the wicked. Targum does explain it's not the singular rasha, but rashia for the wicked in a plural sense, in a general sense. V'lo yehe le arko le'almo, and you will not experience a length of days, de'ase, in the world to come. So the wicked will not have the goodness in what's called the time that is entirely and completely good. Targum explains this is referring to the world to come, which makes sense in context. In previous verse, actually previous series of verses, we were discussing the apparent challenge to justice when confronted with what appears to be the success of the wicked. So that's the first step, is that there is no full goodness for the wicked. In the world to come, in the eternal life, eternal existence, there will not be the experience of unmitigated good. But then he turns himself to the here and now. And in this world, the days of their lives will be chopped down, cut short. And they shall flee. Vihalfun kitelolo, and they shall pass like a shadow. Begin delesohi dechil min kadam adonai, because they do not have fear from before God. So Targum is describing an absolute of the world to come and the natural consequence in this world. That even in this world, the wicked. The, the natural consequence of wickedness is to leave them with a shortened life, with a sense of instability, like a shadow. And this is rooted in the fact that there is no fear within the wicked, those that are wicked, they do not fear God. That is the, the bedrock of all the good. Let's see how Rashi explains. Vitov lo yiyeh la rasha. 
and good will not be for the wicked. Because he does not fear before God. Which is almost verbatim the conclusion of the verse. It says, Asher eneno yore Elohim. He just adds one word, lefi. The verse literally says at the end, that who do not fear from before God. And Rashi explains it is because that they do not fear before God. It is a consequence. It's not just describing a broad category of those who do not fear God, but the causality the shortening of their days, being like a shadow. This is a result of not having the fear of God. Let's see the Mitzudas David. Betov lo yeh Bolam hanetzri. That is how Targum began explaining the verse. In the eternal existence, Lo yiyatov larasha. There will not be good and wholeness for the wicked. Umoher yuchras nafsho, and quickly his soul will be cut off. Velo yarech shamyomin, and he will not have length of days there. Via ketzel hazet, and he will be like this shadow. She'eno marech lios b'mokam that does not have sustaining power to be in one place. The shadow is constantly moving. Because the shadow will quickly move from its place. By virtue of the fact that the sun is moving, so the shadow is moving, the existence of the wicked is unstable. Not founded in anything solid. The shadow has no personal intrinsic existence. It's just a, a tertiary result of the positioning of whatever is casting the shadow and the, the sun that's in flux moving. The shadow is the ultimate Hevel Havolim. Asher Einenu, that is not. Zeyelo Bigmul, Asher Einenu Yore Milfnelohim. This will be. His just, just deserts. This is the consequence of not fearing God. Of not making oneself worthy of having an eternal existence. A close, a close intimacy with God. Let's see the Ben Ezra. V'tov lo rasha ba'acharisa. The Ezra also says this is referring to at his end. At his end, the wicked will not have good. And among them are those who will not have length of days like a shadow. Meaning the first step is universal. The end of the wicked is that evil destroys itself. And then there's the consequence of evil that may or may not be realized in this world. Some of them, as a result of the evil that they choose in this world, 
destroy themselves even in this world. There are many facets of evil. Therefore, the verse is explaining that there is one common denominator of all evil. Every manifestation of wickedness has one root, a shared root, not fearing God. So the general consequence of evil, says Ibn Ezra, is destruction certainly to be realized in the world to come, sometimes realized in this world, and the root cause of it all is the lack of fear of God. Let's see this far now. Betov lo yiel rasha, v'shel rasha lo shum tov nechshav. There will not be good for the wicked, and for the wicked or of the wicked, there is no good that is worthwhile. Aval yieg but rather his payment will be inferior. And he will not have length of days like a shadow. And with granted that the reward that the wicked receives for the good that they have done is inferior. Two points. It is A, inferior, and B, limited. For a short period of time, the, the wicked do good deeds also. Nobody's perfect. Even if they're trying with all their might to be wicked, occasionally they'll do something good. That deserves reward. Good deserves reward. But, as Farno explains, the reward will be paid in an inferior currency. In the currency that matters to the wicked this world, the pleasures, fleeting pleasures of this world. So they are qualitatively inferior and also quantitatively, it's for a short period. That do not fear, because they do not fear before God. And the reason that the payment for the wicked will be inferior and for a short period of time. Even though it's a reward for doing something good. So where's the justice? Good deserves the payment of good. Why are they getting shortchanged? Because the good that the wicked occasionally slip up and do is fundamentally inferior. Because it is not rooted in the fear of God. And whatever they have done that is actually a good deed, they're not doing it for his sake. They're not doing it as an expression of their fidelity to God. 
So the reward is commensurately inferior. It's a good deed that's a shell of a good deed, lacking the quality of a truly good deed that is born out of a deep-seated Yerushalayim, a fear of God. So that's why it's fair. It's not unjust for God to give the wicked the reward that they deserve in a manner that is inferior. The pleasures of this world, which are by definition ephemeral. Let's see the Talumas Chachma. V'tov lo yeh l'rasha lo yarech yomim. Hanu b'yom shekulo tov v'kulo aruch. This is referring to the day that is entirely good and entirely long. Like Mitzvah David said, Olam Hanitzchi, the eternal world. Ki afilu nimtzabo eizemaisim tovim, for even if shall be found within the wicked some good deeds, lo yelo shum schar olam habo, he will not derive any benefit from it in the world to come. For the wicked shall have been paid off all of the reward for their good deeds in this world. In order that they shall not have the good and unlimited good in the world to come. So the Talos Chachma is not addressing the question of the Sepharno. The Sepharno is, is asking how is this fair and just? So the, the Talos Chachma is not concerned with the justice of the inferiority of the payment, but it sounds as though it's deliberate. And the way the Tzalumas Chachma is explaining, the, uh, of course, everything is just. He's not arguing with the Sfarna necessarily, but it sounds like it is deliberate that the wicked do not deserve an eternal reward. And therefore, it will be withheld from them. The only way for it to be withheld from them is to ensure that their reward for the legitimate good that they have done is entirely paid in this world. So in a certain sense, the way the Talmud Chachma is presenting it is that their reward is cementing their punishment. Taking a look at the Medrash, so first let's just take a look at the preceding Medrash. Asher ein nasa pisgam in Pasukit Aleph, the wheels of justice do not turn quickly. The Medrash says, that because a person sins, and nonetheless, he is not immediately confronted with justice, with punishment. Therefore, the hearts of the wicked are filled to pursue wickedness. Ma inon amrin. What do they say? Ha rumayo alalin. Ha rumayo nafkin. These 
either haughty ones or Romans, they go up, come out, les lahon mipokim. They dominate, and no one can unseat them, no one can dislodge them. And the wickedness that is perpetrated seems to be tolerated. And the light of the Talmud's Chachmah, part of the rationale for that is to ensure that the good that the wicked do bring into this world is fully paid. The next Medrash on our Pasuk, V'tov lo rasha, and good will not be for the wicked, Yesh hevel asher naso ala aretz. There is a vanity that is committed on the earth. Ashrehen la tzadikim. Fortunate are the righteous. Shemagia alem kemaiser That endure like the deeds of the wicked in this world. The deeds of the wicked certainly deserve punishment. And in a certain sense, fortunate are the righteous that suffer in this world in as much as you have the same principle in the opposite direction that the Talumas Chachma was speaking about. The wicked are being paid here and now to reserve their punishment for the Olam HaNitzchi, whereas the Tzadikim, again, as I said, nobody's perfect. That's the Raman brings in really a pasuk by Shlomo Melech, Melochim, Perches. The tzaddikim also don't always get it right, and there needs to be punishment for whatever is done that's wrong. Of course, teshuva is plan A, B, C, D, but in the event that that doesn't happen, there needs to be punishment. But God, in His mercy for the tzaddikim, brings them the punishment in this world. And that is fortunate for the tzaddikim, because then they are fully cleaned to not suffer the anguish in the eternal world. And woe, woe to the wicked, that they receive in this world what appears to be like the deeds of the righteous. Unmitigated good. And the wicked in this world receive unmitigated good. This is not a good thing for them. Woe to them. This is setting them up for the fall. Let's take a look at Pasuk Yedalit. Yesh Hevel Asher Nasa Al Haaretz Also the, the Medrash is actually going on this Pasuk that we just saw. There is a vanity, something of a vexation that occurs on the land and the earth. Asher yesh tzaddikim, that there are the righteous. Asher magia alem kemaserashayim, that they receive like the deeds of the wicked. The yesh rashayim. Conversely, you also have wicked, 
שמגיע להם כמעשה צדיקים, that they receive like the deeds of the righteous. So as we described, the tzaddikim receiving terrible punishment in this world, the righteous suffering, conversely, you have the wicked that are living it up, having every conceivable good in this world. King Solomon declares that this too is vexation. And it needs to be explained why the need to repeat this. He introduces the verse with Yesh Hevel, Yesh Hevel, Ashenaso Ala Aretz, describing this Hevel. And then he follows it up with the summation I have declared, King Solomon says, Shegam Zehavel, that this too is a vexation. He already asserted that in the introduction of the verse. Sarchbir, we need to, to understand this. Let's see the Targum. Is Havalu, there is a vexation, de is Gazar, that is decreed, lemeheve mis avid al ape ara, to be done, actualized in this world, on the face of the earth. This is decree. De is tzadikaya, that there are righteous. Bish that receive evil. Ki'ilu inun avdin, as though they have committed the deeds, like the deeds of the guilty. Ve'is chayovin, and there are the guilty. Dimati lahon, tov, that receive good. Ki'ilu inun avdin, ke'ovadei tzadikayo, as though they have done the deeds of the righteous. Vachazis beruach kudsha, and I have seen in the Holy Spirit devisha demate letzadikayo that the evil that is meted out to the righteous be'almahadein in this world lo al chovehon not on account of their guilt elohein lemigve minahon chova kalilo, but rather to settle the account, to collect from them the small, light debt. In order that their reward shall be complete in the world to come. They can thereby be spared any suffering in the world to come. So this is the purpose. It is not because of their general guilt, but their need in God's mercy, as the Medr says, fortunate are the righteous that do have their punishments given to them in this world. The purpose is to give them the ultimate good. And the good that is given over to the guilty in this world Lo al it is not because they are so meritorious. agra, but rather it is to pay their deserved reward, al kalila, of their minor goodness that they have done, 
their minor merits that they have accomplished. So the Targum is explaining that when we talk about righteous versus wicked, every human being is a mixed bag. But we're talking about the identity of the person. Are they committed to striving to do good? Or are they committed to something else, devoid of the fear of God? And invariably, a person doesn't execute his plans perfectly. And there's going to need to be some settling of accounts. So if somebody sees the wicked prospering and enjoying all the good of this world, recognize it is not because they are deserving of the merit for who they are, but rather being paid for the external light merits that they have accumulated, that they have accomplished. In order that they consume their reward in this world. In order to lose their share in the world to come. King Solomon says, and I, I said by my word, that this too is a vexation. The way Targum starts off with this being a decree and then presenting Vachazis Birach Kudsha, King Solomon saying that he sees this in a prophetic sense, that what appears to be reward and appears to be punishment is obscured. It's not necessarily as it appears, it's fleeting. In a sense, it's Hevel, and that it does not reflect reality. The appearance of reward is really preparing the way for punishment. The appearance of punishment is really in the service of preparing the greatest reward. Let's see Rashi. Ish Hevel, Dovar Hamavhil Esabrius. This is something that shakes people up. This perception of the righteous suffering and the wicked enjoying this world is something that shakes people up. Ashayesh tzaddikim continues Rashi that they receive evil like the deeds of the wicked. And they are wicked. They receive goodness that would be appropriate for the deeds of the righteous. I have declared that this also is one of the hot airs that is a feature of this world. And our sages interpreted this verse in another vein, in the tractate of Horius, 10b, Venom Yoshevli, Ashitas Dibor, and it does not sit fully with me in the context of the words, 
שסיים החכם לומר שגם זה הבל. Because the conclusion of the verse, King Solomon says, in his wisdom, that this too is hot air, this is folly or vexation. That is the concluding statement of the verse. And Rashi says, in light of the way it's interpreted by our sages, it does not seem to incorporate that conclusion of the verse. Uh, let's see what he's talking about. Dorash, Rav Nachman bar Rav Chista. Rav Nachman, the son of Rav Chista, was derish. He was trying to explain and derive understanding from this verse. My Dersiv, what is the intent within that which is written? Our verse... Yesh Hevel Asher Naso Al Haaretz Vigomer The entire verse that we've just been working on. What was the drasha? Ashrehem Latzadikim Fortunate are the righteous Shemagi Alem Kamaisa Rashaim That receive like the deeds of the wicked Shal Olm Haba Ba'olm Of the world to come in this world. Meaning the deeds of the wicked in the world to come, we can understand this is not something that a person would ever want to experience, and fortunate for the righteous who do experience it in this world. So fortunate are the righteous who experience, let's call it, hell on earth. Oilahem Rushaim, and woe to the wicked. They receive paradise that which the righteous deserve in the world to come, here in this world. Woe unto those wicked. Omar Ravah, Altu Tzadiki, Iochli, Tre'alma, Misaniluhu. So Ravah says, hey, wait a second. Why does it need to be such a bizarre configuration? This is fortunate, this is bad, wouldn't it be just dandy if the righteous could have great time in this world and in the next world? Would that bother anybody? Would that, would that be hated by the righteous? They can consume and enjoy this world and the next? Ella, Amarava, rather, Rava's not pleased, he, he likes this question, rather, Rava says, Fortunate are the righteous, that receive like the deeds of the wicked, the deeds of the wicked in this world, in this world. And woe to the wicked that receive like the deeds of the righteous in this world, in this world. So Rava flips it around. See Rashi. Ashreya Latzadikim. Fortunate are the righteous. Kiloma. That is to say, Ashrat Sadiqim, fortunate are the righteous. Shmagielem Kamaisarashaim. They receive like the deeds of the wicked. Sheba Olamaba. What they deserve in the world to come. Bolmaza in this world. Kilomar. That is to say, Shmagialem Tsaros Latsadikim. Bolmazah. That the righteous suffer in this world. Kader Shmagiel Rashaim Bolamazaba. Like the suffering that the wicked will get in the world to come. Oi, kemo, vai, woe, 
Tahacha Loksiv Asher de Mashma Oila Hamlersheim Shemagia Lehem Tovos Bolamaze, Der Shemagia Tovos Lusarikim Bolamaba. The raw healer shine. This is actually bad for the wicked to receive goodness in this world. As it says, and he will pay to those who hate him on their face, meaning up front. So the reward is given in the inferior manner to those that hate God. Tzadikim. This was what Rava said. Is it hated to them? Kilomar. Klum Relem, is it bad for them at all? Let's for the righteous. Shalchem Shneel Lamos, to enjoy two worlds. Sheish Lem Tova, let them have good in this world and the next world. They are righteous. Why not? Ella Amar Rava, rather Rava says, Ashrein Lasadikim Shmagilahem. Fortunate are the righteous that receive. Tovos, good. Kemaisa Rashaim Shbalmazet. Like what the wicked receive in this world. Sheishlem Tova. The wicked do have good in this world. As the verse says, God pays the wicked, those who hate him, on their face, meaning right away. Fortunate are the righteous if they receive benefit and enjoyment in this world and in the world to come. Woe to the wicked. That receive Suffering, like what we would expect for the righteous in this world. It sounds like they do receive suffering. It's comparable to what the righteous suffer in this world. That the Holy One, blessed be He, does bring suffering to the righteous in order to collect and settle the score of their iniquity in this world, in order to have a complete and unmitigated good in the world to come. That so we have found that suffering for the wicked in this world, woe to them, because they don't have any good. Not in this world, not in the world to come. So, woe to the wicked, who don't have good in this world and don't have good in the world to come. It's a sorry existence all the way around. Let's continue in the Gemara. Right, Rasha Ralo. The Gemara in Kedushin portrays that as someone who is wicked so thoroughly that there is no need to pay them with bliss and tranquility in this world because they're so thoroughly rotten. I, forgot what, I think that's better, though, in them being Rosh Hashanah. Like, uh, I identify as a Rosh Hashanah. Oh, for, 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 for a certain period of my life, you know, and I decided that that was better like than being a Rosh Hashanah because everyone who was around was a Rosh like, but, but you know, that. And so I... <laughs> You know, I just became like, you know, a homeless, like schizophrenic, you know, and that was actually, and I, I knew that it was better. Everyone around me thought it was worse, and they were right from their perspective. <laughs> from their perspective.
perspective was worse, but from an internal perspective, it was better because it helped me do teshuva. Right. Yes, absolutely. The and benefit of tsaros is that it can be a strong motivating factor for self-examination and ultimately, if the person is successful, returning to Kaddish Baruch So the catalyst of doing teshuva sometimes is something unpleasant. So that, that is definitely a benefit. Okay, so continuing the Gemara. Rav Papa, Rav Huna, Bereder of Yeshua. Rav Papa and Rav Huna, the son of Rav Yeshua, also came to Rava. They came before Rava. Remember, Rava was the one who inverted the verse, saying, is it that bad for the righteous to have it good in this world and the next? So now we have a story reflecting that perspective. Rav Papa and Rav Huna, Rav Yeshua, came before him, before Rava. Amar Lohu, he said to them, Ukimton Masechta Palon, Masechta Palon. Have you stood up? Have you established for yourselves this tractate and that, tra- that tractate? Rashi says, Kilomar. That is to say, Yeshlechem Masechta Sedura B'fichem. Do you have mastery in your mouth that it's ordered before you? Masechta Ploni, Ploni, this tractate and that tractate. Amrulei in. They said to him, Rav Papa and Rav Huna, Rav Yeshua said to Rava, yes. Kilomar. Oh, that's the next part. Then Rava continued his inquiry. Yatirisu, Purta, have you become somewhat wealthy? Kilomar. Yeshlam Osher, do you have wealth? Ve'elachem litroch achemazonos, and you are not distressed, distraught with the pursuit of your sustenance. And the ultimate gain that you have, the wherewithal to devote yourself consistently to the toil of Torah. They responded, yes. For you have purchased a plot of land. Rashi, Amrlo in, they said to him, Yes, Dezovnon, for we have purchased, Akol Chad each of them, Ketino de Ara, a plot of land, Demisonina Mine Birvacha, that they can sustain themselves with plenty. So they've got their homesteads going. Rashi is not apparently a communist. He says, Each one of them have their own plot. And this is the good life. They, they have wealth also that affords them the sustenance without terrible toil or stress where they can dedicate themselves to the higher purpose. Kari, Alayu, continues the Gemara, that Rava responds and he called upon them, upon Rav Papa and Rav Huna, great of Yeshua, Ashrem Sadikim, fortunate are the righteous, that they receive like the deeds of the wicked that the wicked receive in this world. So he's describing, again, according to his interpretation of the verse, fortunate are these Amoraim that they're receiving this outpouring of good in this world, which would normally be expected 
and, and the experience of the wicked that are being paid in full for the meager good deeds they have in this world. So that's the Gemara. Rashi, Fortunate are these righteous that are consuming and enjoying two worlds. So Rashi by us is pointing out, Doesn't sit smoothly for me, Rashi says, the interpretation that the conclusion of King Solomon is, that this too is a vexation. Whereas the way Rava interprets it is that this is a good thing. So the conclusion of the verse is a bit harder to understand, says Rashi, according to that drash. Which the drash is not necessarily an interpretation that has to work with Pshat, but Rashi is pointing out the conflict. The Pshat has to fit in the context or is a drash not necessarily so? Let's take a look. The Matsuda's David. Allah Aretz. This is Hevel that takes place in this world. Bezeolam. Kemaisarashaim, like the deeds of the wicked. Mashahiroy lagia al Rashaim al Masem. What would be appropriate that the wicked receive for their deeds? like the deeds of the righteous, to what is what would have been appropriate to be experienced by the righteous for their deeds. Let's see the Ben Ezra. Yesh, Havel. Metchila ze aposuk, ad posuk gamzu ra'isi, chachma. From the beginning of this verse, until chapter 9, verse 13, this is a sequence of 16 verses. They are all related. This is a, a theme that these 16 verses share. And this verse is on the cusp of not only this series of 16 verses, but it also is related to the previous series. This is a transition verse, says the Ben Ezra. Yesh tzadikim shmagia leim, there are righteous that receive mashayroi lagia l'rishon, that which would have been appropriate to come to the wicked. Al masayim, for their deeds, ve'afechadovah. And it's the opposite, meaning both ways. And when I've seen this, So King Solomon is declaring at the perception of what is going on that this is all Hevel, he says, whether for the righteous or for the wicked. Similar to the manner of Vani Kimat Toiragli Kunisi Beholi. Like the Pasik in Tehillim. And Gimel, Pasik Beis and Gimel. So the, the Pasik in Tehillim over here is describing the allure of wickedness that it can cause a person 
to be drawn after it, but having, like you said, having the perspective of where this path leads gives a person the strength to overcome that hevel, the, the hot air of what is being presented through wickedness. Let's see this for now. There is a vanity that transpires on the earth. That are righteous, that receive like the deeds of the wicked. To acquire a bad name among the populace. Like calling someone who is pious a fool. There are wicked that receive like the deeds of the righteous. To develop a reputation at large. Like what happens to cunning wicked ones that strategically do things to glorify themselves. So they can cultivate an image of greatness, an image of uprightness. But there are wicked ones that are deliberately cultivating an image that's very contrary to their core values, or lack thereof, their core corruption. The way this Farno is explaining... This is not describing divine punishment. This is describing Asher Nasa Alaoritz. What happens down in the dirt that in the court of public opinion you can have terrible misalignment of judgment with reality. And this is Hevel, this is a futility. Part of the shallow, false corruptions that we can perceive in this world. Continues this far. Now, Amarti, Shigamze, Hashem Atov Anikne, Ben Amon, Hapsoim. I said this too is futility. The good name that is acquired, the reputation acquired by the fools. Havel, Hudavar built in Asha. It's not worthwhile. The fool who acquires a good name doesn't actually have real value. A person who's doing good things and acquires a good name, that has value. But a fool in his deception who acquires for himself a good name, that good name is not actually valuable. If anything, it will work to his detriment because as a fool, he might lead people astray abuse that good reputation he's cultivated and it has no good value. It's hevel. It's hot air. A person in a position of authority that is taking advantage of that reputation, that reputation is not a good thing. Let's see this. Halum is chachma. Yish hevel vigomer. Yish he begins by considering 
a chakira is an evaluation of how to consider something with various angles. Because of this, that man rules over man, as explained in the book of Gilgulim of reincarnation, sometimes a man of impurity has domination over a man of sanctity. Therefore, sometimes it transpires that the righteous receive like the deeds of the wicked. That they have prepared for them sin like the wicked. Like the, twa- the tribes, the brothers, in the selling of their brother Yosef. Yudah B'Tamar, story of Yudah and Tamar, David B'Sheva, V'yesh Rishayim, She'osin Ma'isatzadikim. Conversely, you have wicked that engage in the meritorious. K'mo Kerish, Shabbat HaMesamikdash, Kerish, Cyrus. He himself was personally wicked, but he built the temple. V'esav, Shekibet Asaviv, Esav was a wicked person, but he had an outstanding merit in his honor of, the, of his father. Nebuchadnezzar, Shirotz Bishvil Kavad Hashem. Nebuchadnezzar, destroyer of the temple, he had merit. He ran for God's honor. Ubilam, Shabirach Yisrael. Bilam was a wicked person. He's called Bilam Arasha, and yet he blessed the Jewish people. All of these things, which seem bizarre, they're hard to comprehend intellectually. Shlomo is damn came, she asked a tzaddik b'chet. Lama lo yishmar es ragli chasidov. Why is there the opening for the righteous to stumble? Why are the feet of his pious ones not protected? And why is there a path of merit for those that transgress his will? I said this too is a vexation to struggle with this idea this is, is a challenge